0: Welcome to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership, and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection, And enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Paul McGillivray runs remote.online, an automation software business. I'm really excited to bring this interview to you because Paul is an advocate of using technology as a means to enhance the human experience. We discuss how software can increase productivity, the difference between being efficient and effective, and the importance of having purpose in our work so we make a difference in the world, and how technology can help us do all of that. Have a listen. Hi, Paul. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure. Nice to be here.
0: Can you tell us who you are and what you do,
1: please? Okay, so I'm Paul McGilvery. I'm co-founder and CTO of a company called Remote. We're a digital product studio. We work with companies to uh, build digital products. And by digital products, I mean software that automates your business, leverages your assets and disrupts your industry by using innovative apps and, and digital strategy in combination with world-class technology to make, make a difference really in the world is our aim um, we work for a range of companies from startups uh, all the way through to established businesses that want to scale up to household brands you'll have heard of like volkswagen group volvo sony tesco mitsubishi and so on um, we've been going since 1999 so we're we're still in startup phase but just 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 beginning to move into scale up phase um and we're a small boutique studio which is how we like it really um personally i work as a digital strategist so i work with companies to define their goals define their vision and to determine how technology can help them achieve those goals i then lead my technology team to to fulfill to fulfill those ambitions um my my personal mission is to bring meaning and purpose into the workplace and i believe that technology is a massive facilitator of that and so whenever we're we're working on our projects we're we're always looking at purpose first um purpose first is the name of uh one of my podcasts and i'm about to launch a second podcast which is called automate leverage and disrupt wow. um so yeah so i, I I'm the purpose guy, and I work at the at the intersection really between purpose and technology.
0: and that's I'm really fascinated by that because that's quite unusual because i meet I meet lots of leadership experts and consultants who are working with purpose in organizations, and I meet lots of technology experts who get into the details of how technology works. what What drew you to the intersection between between the two?
1: I think it was a personal journey. It wasn't intentional at first. Um, I think it started and we were talking about this very briefly before we, we hit record, but it it started uh, five or six years ago when I became very ill. And when, when you're, you're faced with kind of existential crises like this, you tend to reevaluate your life. And, um, I was bed bound for nine months or so with Crohn's disease. And when I finally got back to work, I kind of saw everything differently and uh i had definitely been in the rat race and and doing that whole thing just pushing you know proposals invoices proposals invoices and it didn't stop it was relentless and it had been relentless for 15 years and so when i came back i had a, a a kind of a new a new appreciation for what's happening right now and my relationships, um, my family, where I live, um, who I spend my time with and what I do. And that naturally started to come into the workplace and started to become something real. And I realized that a lot of the reasons that I'd become ill in the first place is because I didn't have a purpose that was for the greater good. I didn't have meaning in my life. As a result of that, I was just in a hamster wheel and that became stressful. I became, I felt lonely. I felt isolated. I felt unhappy and that escalated um, to a point where I I ended up in hospital. So, you know, obviously no one wants to repeat those kind of things. And obviously it was a big, you know, it was a a big awakening moment for me. So, so yeah, since then, I, I guess I've, I've spent my time realizing that technology What I do is the thing that can stop other people from having to go through what I did, (laughs) Um, which is a beautiful irony there. Um, Technology, we, we tend to think of software as the energy draining thing that we spend all our time having to deal with. I see software differently. I see software as our friendly, loving sidekick that says, "Hey, Paul, let me help you with that."
0: Oh, I love that. Um,
1: and and that's the promise that software uh, was to us when it when it first came about. When computers were about, it wasn't they didn't present computers to the world as, "Hey, this is the thing that's going to drain your energy for the next fifty years." <laughs> They presented it as this is going to help you get the boring stuff done quickly so you can spend your time doing the meaningful stuff, the stuff that fulfills you, the stuff you want to be doing. And so, yeah, I I feel and that it's very much my intention to make sure that that I help to build that software um, that can help you get this stuff out of the way or just do it for you so that you can you can appreciate now and appreciate the life right now and, and do the work that needs to be done, which is the work that only humans can do. Um, only humans can bring compassion and empathy and love and creativity to a certain extent into our daily lives. So we really should be spending our time doing those things mm-hmm. and letting the computer do the other stuff. We weren't born, I believe, and whether we believe, you know, that we were born for a particular reason or, or whatever, it's almost by the by. But as far as I'm concerned, I wasn't born to spend my days doing boring, monotonous, stressful tasks. Um, there's more to life than that. We just need to look out the window to see that.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because the whole um, industrial age was born out of that, wasn't it? And then the technological age of technology is is all about how do we use technology to enhance our our human experience and existence and yet one of the things I'm really struck by listening to you is that that sense of using the automation and the the technology to enhance that experience and free us up to do more meaningful work and yet in many cases and I, I can certainly fall into this trap as well of using the technology to speed up the processing, which means I can do more of the menial stuff <laughs> and, and then automate more of it. And then it becomes it becomes a hamster wheel, doesn't it, of how many social media accounts are you managing and how many you know, different pieces of software are you using and how many other different things can you cram into into your day? And, it,
1: and are they yeah. and
0: the question is, are they really meaningful? And and it's an interesting dilemma, isn't it? What what are your thoughts on that?
1: I totally agree. Um there's uh Parkinson's law says that whatever amount of time you have is the time it will take to do a task. Um and and I think that points to the whole elastic, elasticity of time and, and how much time we spend doing our work. Um you know, way back before we were all super connected via the internet we went into work at 9am we worked till 5 or 5 30 we came home and there was nothing else we could do mm. right that we couldn't carry on doing our work laptops weren't even a thing once it's hard to imagine isn't it i know and so you turned up you did your dull meaningless repetitive tasks from nine to five and then you had an outside life um obviously i'm exaggerating for to make the point yeah um but now we've got supercomputers in our pockets um our laptops come home with us a lot of the time and so parkinson's law has expanded to say that actually you're up at six and you go to bed at 10 you've got all this amazing time to do even more stuff and i think i think it's a cultural thing um, you know, the whole hustle culture, which I think is starting to die down now, but certainly a couple of years ago, it was really, really pushing, you know, yeah, I hustle, I never stop working, I get up at four, and I work till two. And it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, Grant Cardone, you know, the whole 10 times thing, there's some great stuff in there. But, you know, the guy's the guy's a machine, you know, he he, he just powers everything into, you know, buying property or making sales and, I don't know, I feel like I want to power all my energy into creating things that make a difference in the world or, or just being with my wife and my daughter. Um, and so it's a cultural thing. And we've got a big challenge ahead of us um, to show people that we don't have to pack our day into... We don't have to pack all this work into our day is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And just be, if technology helps me finish my work by two doesn't mean that I have to spend another three or four or five hours doing other stuff because I've got all this free time that technology's freed up for me um and, and I'm not honestly sure how we're going to achieve that culturally um but I think that what you've said there's an awareness beginning beginning to come up upon us you know the whole the social dilemma thing showed us that when we go home to switch off we plug straight into Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and carry on our brain whirring and whirring and whirring. And we don't generally achieve very much doing that. Mm. And that leaves us feeling kind of kind of empty. Um, and that said, and I think there's a flip side to all of this stuff. The fact that we're able to do this now, we've never met in person. Um, we we wouldn't be able to do this before, and we wouldn't be able to have these kind of conversations. And I have interesting conversations all the time with people all over the world that I learn from. Um, one of my closest friends now is a guy I've never actually met in person. We met for a Facebook group, and and we meet every week to give ourselves accountability and to help, you know, drive our work in, in our businesses, and actually, to to get that balance in our lives. We 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 really invest in in making sure that we go to bed early and we get up and do our meditation and our yoga and 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 all this kind of stuff that that helps us with that balance. Mm. So it's a massive enabler. But like any tool, you know, give me a hammer and I can smash a window or I could build a build a new window. Um it, it's up to us and so that there's there's something to do with the human the, the human brain and how it works and, and what we're attracted to I guess in there.
0: And do you think that we do you think we're always striving for for improvement and do you think that you know ultimately is one of the one of the downfalls of being human is that in our desire to continually improve um technology opens us up to as you say a global a global audience and therefore you know if we're not careful we can spend hours on social media and on zoom calls and and not actually do anything meaningful with it but just have me, you know, have interesting conversations, but is it meaningful? Has does it have purpose? Do you do you mm. think that the onus is on us as individuals to now to start to say, we, you know, we're the we're the first generation that have actually got to free up time rather than um use our time? You know, you think at sort of a generation ago, 25, 30 years ago, when we had leisure time, we were thinking about how do we fill that leisure time? Now we're looking at how do we create leisure time or how do we free up time so that we have time downtime do you think that Abs- requires us to be different as human beings and to take more responsibility for our experience
1: yes but i think we're lucky because i think actually our biology leans in the right way yes mastery mastery is built in it's, it's a biological imperative yeah if we didn't gradually improve then you know, as, as the human race wouldn't, wouldn't be where it, where it is now, whether that's good or bad is another discussion altogether. Yeah. But that, you know, that's, that's, that's the nature of it. Survival of the fittest and the survival of, of, of he who is able to adapt the, the, the quickest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we're driven to, to get better and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely one of my biggest drivers is, is a self-development drive and I, that that applies in my personal life and in my business life. I constantly want to improve. Um, Every time I do a podcast interview, I want it to be better than the last one and I want my technology to support me. I've got a better microphone and better headphones and, you know, there's that. But but there's also, yeah, I want to make sure that I apply discipline to my day. I want to make sure that I do meditate every day because I know that the rest of my day is better when I do. Um, I want to make sure that when I have a conversation with someone, it is meaningful and it serves them. It helps them and they go away feeling inspired or or you know have, have had some kind of value that's a that's a personal value to me and in my work i want to make sure that when i send an email or when i write a, a piece of software or or work with the team that that we're improving uh, at, at remote every two weeks we have what we call a retrospective and so we look at how the last two weeks have gone and everyone in the team's involved and we can all anonymously post to a a piece of software that we use for this that goes on a a, well when we're not in lockdown it goes onto a large screen in the office but we're obviously using our own laptops and everyone can say something that that didn't quite go right or that that they felt could improve in the last couple of weeks and then we talk about what systems and processes can we put in place to, to ease that improvement and we make action points and that's technology completely helping us to get better And having done that for a year, year and a half now, we have noticeably leveled up as a company as a result and individually leveled up as people as a result. So this is built in. And when you have the discipline to apply that need for more in a way that actually equates to a need for better, more fulfilling, more effective, um, productivity can be endless, productivity for productivity's sake, right? Mm. But- actually if you're effective rather than efficient if that's where your focus is then well effective at what and then just talk
0: talk me through that then the difference for you between effective and efficient
1: well I could spend I could I could spend the whole day ticking off a to-do list of unimportant meaningless tasks I'd be really efficient. I can, I, I could bash out 50 emails in a day. Um, that, that actually didn't take me towards my, my big goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd be totally efficient, but effective for something to be effective. It has to actually impact your end goals. That's the way I see it. No, and So no. if, if we're thinking how effect, how effective am I, mm-hmm. what effect am I having in the world? Right.
0: And then that comes back to your purpose, doesn't it? About having purpose and meaning in, mm. in what you're doing. What would, you, what would you say to somebody who perhaps doesn't have purpose and meaning? I think there are many people, particularly in larger organizations, where they've got into a career or into a job of some sort, they've developed their career through it, um, but it, it just does feel a bit like a treadmill. What would your, what would your mm. advice be to, to them?
1: I think we have a sense when we talk about purpose we often relate it to the idea of finding your purpose okay as in there's one thing I was born to do it's destiny okay if I can find that one thing I I can be a superhero and 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 make a massive difference in the world you know we talk about this i've talked about this because it's exciting it fills you with 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 excitement and drive and motivation but actually i think the reality is subtly different cal newport uh talks about this um in his book let me try and see if i can find the name from the back of my brain so good they can't ignore you he talks about this brilliantly. So it's like, there's a there's a set of stages we go through. And so we pick something that we like to do as a career say, and it could be anything. Um, and that's the, that's the first thing we think we had to find the thing that we were born to do as a career, but actually we just pick something. We generally find ourselves stumbling into careers that we didn't expect. 66 percent of children going into school now will have careers that don't that don't exist yet Mm -hmm. according to statistics right yeah um so that's quite challenging for a start to to find what career you're going to do so we go into our career and cal newport's route is that whatever it is you find yourself doing you aim for mastery in that thing Mm. And the way that you achieve mastery in any practice and any discipline is is by the um, the practice of his actual phrase has fallen out of my head because I'm searching for it, but it's it's but it's a a disciplined practice. Um, and so when we have an applied practice, which is which which basically is when I do this, every time I do it, I'm going to try and be better at it. Okay. So it's applying mastery to our work when you try and apply mastery to your work actually you could be working on an assembly line and still be applying mastery to it so even the most trivial and meaningless task at that point Mm -hmm. can can, you can apply mastery to it and, and and a certain a certain discipline to it when you do this you find yourself getting better at it when you can do this to a certain level you find yourself going into flow you know the whole timeless, spaceless state where everything comes easily and and genius can be found and creativity is born. Mm. That, That whole discipline, practice and mastery brings us into there. Once we get to a certain point, we suddenly find that we have career capital, as he says. And so when we're that good at any job that we're given, we generally find that we have some leverage in what we do. Um, so when I got to a certain point in my career, I wasn't just building websites myself, I was leading teams that built websites and then we realized that that actually. The skill level we got to meant that we could do more than websites, we could build build online software, we could make build online software and Apps that made a difference right and so so as we had this leverage. We could suddenly say, Well, we do this now. And we could, we could demand, you know, demand is, is a strong word, but we could say, Well, this is what we cost, and these are the people we work with. Um and that's all because of the mastery and this, you know, the retrospectives and the rhythms and routines that we place on ourselves um to to have this practice and this and this mastery. Once you, once you have this leverage and can can direct your your career in a particular way, you come to a point, and for some reason, I always visualise it in the same way. It's as if you've been running for a very long time, and eventually find yourself at a precipice. It's kind of like a cliff, and once you, whereas pre- previously you could only see the horizon, it looked like it was going to go on forever. All of a sudden, you find yourself at this pre- precipice where you can see the sea, and it goes on for in, in, infinity. And you can—that's the point in your career where you see intersections. Intersections between what you're doing and other things in your industry and other industries and how they change. This is how I found myself working at the intersection of, of, of technology and, and purpose, because I suddenly I saw other aspects of my life crossing with what I was doing in my career. And all of a sudden you're doing something very unique. When you can work out how you can find yourself doing that unique work for the good of others, because everything has to come from a sense of service. You can't be self-serving and and follow this route. It it just, it just doesn't work. It just falls apart. But if from the start, and again, purpose first is, you know, it it works in every, every way. If you can find, how can I put this thing that I do that I'm mastering for the good of others? All of a sudden you're in service to something big and you find that you have purpose. You find a purpose because your purpose is I do this and I do it well and it intersects with this and I do that well too. And that's how I serve others. That's my purpose.
0: Love it. I love it. Um, once so, we've got this,
1: yes, go, go, on, on. go on. Once we've got this purpose, we can find ways of achieving that purpose in lots of ways. And that's, that's then we, then we, we have a mission. And once we have a mission, our life has meaning. That just completes the circle there. Love, love
0: that. So in terms of how you, How you use that in your own business? How do how do you bring the intersection of purpose and technology together when you work with a client, for example?
1: So it happens in lots of aspects of the way we work. So I've mentioned the retrospectives. Um, We do something um, as part of our retrospective um, sometimes. If if there's a particular thing that's happening, we do what we call the five whys, and so each why is asked of the other. And so X is happening. Why is that happening? So why is that happening? And why is that happening? And why is that happening? And by the time you get to about five Y's, you find something deep going on there, something systemic that that needs to change. When you can, when you can work with your, your business systems at that level, you can also work on an individual level in the same way. And so we have one-to-ones with all of our team every month. And, in there, we find out. Well, why are you doing this? Why did you choose this career? What What's your What are your aims? How can you put your What you do to the to the good of others? And we work to find the purpose of each each of our team members, and then we work to facilitate that purpose. Um, this this v- very closely runs up with um, the whole idea of superpowers. Yeah, we all have these individual talents because these are the things that we've particularly mastered. Um. And rather than looking to hire clones of me, which is a classic entrepreneurial mistake at the start of the business, um, I look for to find people that fill my gaps, right? And fill, fill the gaps that we have in the business. And so each person has a different strength that they bring to the company. And that strength is what we look to support and grow and help them to use that to serve others and, and to, to bring meaning in, in, into their own life by this discipline practice too. And so everyone has a purpose in our company and those purposes are different, but they align beautifully to a shared goal and to a shared purpose. And once you find that, once you get that energy going, the momentum and the feeling, the vibe is, is just tremendous. The amount we get done, our level of effectiveness is dramatically improved and it's actually a really fun place to work too
0: yeah i love i love that and so and it's really fascinating because i've come into this conversation expecting to talk about software and automation and and actually what i'm hearing from you is that at the heart of uh, a technology business it's ultimately it's about people isn't it and it's about yes. how we inspire people how we engage them giving them that sense of purpose or encouraging them to find their own sense of purpose and finding that shared purpose so that as a team you can do great work in the world Um, i i think this is where uh technology can really enhance how we how we live our lives because we can start to use it to support those shared purposes and those individual purposes as well
1: boom exactly (laughs) exactly Yes. And that's why I love what I do.
0: Paul, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Um, before we go, one final question for you. What keeps you awake at night? (laughs)
1: That's a great question. I guess that can go two ways, can't it? Um, nowadays not much keeps me awake at night. Um, but as you've probably been able to sense for this conversation, I get pretty fired up about what I do and what I spend my days doing. And there's something really exciting happening right now in technology that, that is going to mean that the landscape of, of work and probably our lives is going to be quite different in maybe five years, five years time. And that's the emergence of several really exciting exponential technologies at once. The, the the emergence and, and combination of those technologies i'm talking about artificial intelligence in its in its various in its various modes machine learning um natural language recognition neural network works image image recognition and creation um along with the what's the word along with technology's got to that level where it is as powerful as we need it to be cloud computing quantum computing is just beginning to happen um combining combining this with software is beginning to give power back to the people that use it rather than the people that create it Mm. and in that 10, 15 years ago, if you needed to automate your business, you needed to come to someone like me. And frankly, you needed to spend a lot of money back then to to build a custom software system. Now, companies still do that, I'm glad. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, scaling companies uh, and large companies, they need very specific custom custom work doing, um, which, you know, you can't just get off the shelf. Mm -hmm. But increasingly, off the shelf, cloud software is becoming more and more powerful and it's enabling more and more people from the solopreneur all the way up to to decent sized businesses to create their automations and as as we automate more of the business we achieve all the things we've been talking about in this conversation and as nat- natural language recognition and machine learning starts to become our new interface to that technology we're gonna find that we're staring at the screens less and less. And we're talking to our computers more and more. Uh, the, the Rodenberry's Star Trek vision is starting to, starting to actually happen. Hey computer, could you just roll out that, that report from me? Um, that's that that's possible now. And we, we only need a few more generations of smartphone software and, and so on for that to be completely available to everyone without thinking about it. I find that that brilliant you know from the idea of my first computer that was difficult to carry because it was so heavy and this awful 13 inch crt screen for this stuff to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where we won't be able to see our devices mm. but we'll be able to work absolutely in unison with our sidekick computers as as facilitators to the work that we we're, we're, we're born to do that's that's really exciting and as an innovator and creator I can't help but come up with ideas and ways to use that and I'm very lucky that I've got a team that can facilitate that. Um, I've definitely lost some hours sleep over the possibilities there.
0: Dreaming and creativity. Paul, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time but I'm I'm left feeling heartened that there are people like you in the technology space. who have that sense of purpose and desire to enhance our human experience using technology and that you know it it fills me with excitement rather than horror and sometimes technology can can do one or the other and with you with people like you with that sense of purpose that feel like we're all in we're all in good hands so thank you so much for your time today
1: thanks so much it's been a real pleasure thank you
0: Paul's vision for the future is an exciting one. The rapid advancement of technology means that we need to think differently about how we interact with it and use it to serve society rather than just serving ourselves. The more technology expands, the more I think we need to be purposeful in our use of it and purposeful in everything we do, in our personal and professional lives, as well as considering the legacy we want to leave in the world. Technology can help us enormously if we stop getting distracted by meaningless activities and use it to serve our purpose. How can you use technology as a force for good in your own life and use it to create purpose in the wider world? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop on to the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech.